Hello, this is Laura Sogard. This is Matthew Broussard. And we are back at Cheetah Stand Up 2. We've got an amazing guest on today. Our guest today is Eric Newman. He is a stand-up comedian based in New York City. He is an amazing storyteller. He's an amazing joke writer. Um, and he tells some, some really great stories. He started doing bringer shows. He moved on to open mics. Crazy. And he's now past the cellar. And he talks to us about what it's like to audition for JFL 14 times. 14 times. What a, what a champion. What a champ. Uh, still hasn't done it. Um, <laughs> he also has a, a new special he just released called uh, Just a Phase. It's a COVID special filmed outdoor on a rooftop. It's really special. It's really great. Please check that out it's and very enjoy funny. the episode. Enjoy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like the first lesson in comedy. That's hilarious. That's the first lesson in comedy? Don't fuck the waitress. Hilarious. I only, went, I only went on one date with a waitress from like four years ago we made out and I never called her again and I was like I'm not doing like I could tell she was already getting like kind of invested I'm like I, I can't do this I cannot do this yeah with the that is sounds just really dangerous did the podcast start yet the podcast just started and that's okay. lesson number one from Eric Newman yeah, have to cut that? why yeah, I think that's fine I don't care okay cool okay but I was we can say something now I'm not can, gonna say no we can bleep out the club name okay so it's Eric's dated a lot of waitresses from various clubs, so fill in the blank. <laughs> Someone's listening and be like, man, I wish I was past it. Beep! Like, How do you even spell that name? Beep! Redacted. Eric's beeped a lot of waitresses. A lot of beep at, at, at various. Beep. And then called them beep. <laughs> what? Um, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, man. Idris, no, no, I can't say that. No, nope, <laughs> can't say you can't. what. Idris Elba worked at that that comedy club as a waiter. Okay, well, God, he worked at a lot of comedy Matthew. Clubs. You're editing this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you the person, it in, buddy. I think the person who has more things to edit, like who says more things that should be edited out, should be the person to edit the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's what it is. I mean, except me, because I'm definitely going to be the one who has the most. <laughs> one of you have to do it. I'm not fucking doing it. You're that person who's like, you got to cut that. Do you ever do a podcast and you're like? Everything. Everything. <laughs> uh, can we re-record? <laughs> I'd like at this point, I'd almost take bad press. I'm at the point in my career where I'm like, I'm like, if I'm if I'm thinking I should cut it, I'm like, keep it in. Yeah, I'm, I'm excellent. There. That means that that's probably good. Yeah. yeah, that was what you said when I did I did some joke for this week with the seller. I'm like, that might be uh, that might be controversial, and you're like, I don't think controversial is a bad thing. No, no, controversial is not an issue as long as it's funny. Because yeah. you're gonna end up like. You, Matthew, and Laura, I've actually never seen you do stand-up, which I feel very ter- cool. terrible Cool. Yeah, you want to do my show again? I'm gonna, no, I'm going to watch the... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch your virtual show. I'm going to watch you on Zoom tonight. No, fuck off. <laughs> um, uh, Great. First time. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, you. But, but, but the thing is, Matt, it's like with you, like I know that if you're controversial, if they're like, Matt said a controversial thing, I'm like, okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me think at least. I right. know it's going to be like It's not just going to be like, like exactly. shock value for just like, oh, he said... I don't know, rape or something. Like, right, exactly. Oh, again. <laughs> right. Where it's like a lot of comics, I don't trust their ability in stand-up. So when they say something controversial, I'm like, this is going to be... You're just gra- you're sh- jumping on just a, shocking, a Bronco for no reason, yep. and you're going to get thrown off, cowboy. <laughs> when you started, exactly. When you started, did you gravitate towards that kind of material? No. The only My favorite first comic... Actually, it's interesting. My favorite first comic... So I started the comic strip in 2008. My first favorite comic in the city was Kevin Brennan. Okay. A guy I just... Incredibly controversial. Incredibly controversial. He to push buttons. But I, I love... In clever ways. Yeah. Loved... Like, I just was obsessed. With, I was like, this guy's so funny on stage. He's yeah. so funny. My second favorite comic... So, I auditioned at the comic strip. 
in 2009 for Late Night. Late Night is like um, when you, like, it's not the pro show, but it's after. So I started at the Bringer Show. Every six months, D.F. Sweedler, great comedy teacher, by the way, shout out if you're looking to start stand-up and you, have, you think you have some idea of how jokes work, but you need a lot of uh, help on it, go to D.F. Sweedler. This guy's amazing. Yeah. Joe Mackey, his resume... Joe Mackey, Morell, uh, Nori Davis, me, uh, uh, just, he's just, he's great. He just knows how, he's no bullshit. He will tell you how to structure a joke. He will tell you I'm without. I'm going to sign up. Is he doing virtual? <laughs> yeah, he actually is. Fuck yeah, uh, I'm going right. to do it. I'm going to do it. He's he's great and he does I'm not. I'm obsessed. So I'm famously obsessed with classes. I'll take a class. Awesome. I'll take a class in anything. I don't give a shit. That's cool. Like if someone's going to try to tell me how to do something, I'm like there yeah, for it. Yeah, that's great. So and then guy, you could and then you could decide whether or not you think Right, that's the thing. Worst case scenario, you have bonus info in your brain and you just right. kind of use it or you don't, you know? Even and, if it's a bad class, you're like, "Oh, okay, so well, this now is I know not, not what I want to do that." Right. Totally. 100%. Yep. yep. So, I think yeah, I respect that. I think that's a really cool approach. But yeah, and so so he uh um uh wait. You did you did this class? So I didn't do the class. I did like tutoring. I never took a stand-up class, but I, I did tutoring with him. Like, you know, it was like, I don't know, hundred bucks an hour or something or 50 bucks yeah. an hour. And he would just like go through every premise How long premise has he been had. doing it? That's such an interesting thing years, to get into. 40 years. He's known everybody. Damn. And he started the strip in 80, in 82. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, whatever. But, um, but anyway, so, so, uh, I, I took his class, um, I no, didn't take his class. I did, but he did his new talent show. It was on, at that point it was every Sunday. So that was what I was doing from like maybe 20 years old to like 21 and a half. I was doing that every Sunday. That was pretty much the only time I got up and I was doing it once a week and I was bringing new material or whatever. I was doing like my first, my first one, I brought 17 friends. It was a bringer show. So nice. I brought 17 friends and, uh, and I ended up. You had 17 friends. I grew up in Manhattan. I grew up in Manhattan. All right, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Popular. It's <laughs> your new Still name. an impressive number. I have 17 friends. Five. I'm like, one. All right. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so I did it. I was, I stole jokes from a joke book. Um, like literally like, uh, I was talking about being a waiter. It was like, uh, some, some customer was upset. She was like, waiter, how did this fly get in my soup? I was like, I think it flew in, ma'am. I was like doing those jokes. Like, Hell yeah, there you go. Your but, friends are like, that's, pretty, that's good. pretty good. That's pretty good. That fly joke, man. Um, and so I did that for like the first couple months. And then I started to like, understand that like, all right, you can't do joke book jokes. So I started like <laughs> writing my own stuff about basically being a virgin at the time. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, and, and yeah, it was just like, so anyway, a year and a half in, I auditioned for Late Night, and JR, who was the booker at the time, I'm sure you know JR, Matt, uh, JR Ravitz, he was like working in stand-up New York for a little while as like the manager. Okay. Do you know? Maybe you do. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so he was the booker of the Strip at the time. And the Strip in 2008, a lot of people don't know this, was like still probably the second best club in the city after the cellar. It's so like, interesting. Strip was great. I mean, in the '90s and the early 2000s, yeah, the strip yeah. was like it was like seller strip, seller strip, um, and so it was packed on like a Monday night. They'd be packed, whatever. Anyway, so I auditioned for late night, and he said to me, he was like, "I like this joke. I like this joke." He's like, "Look, I'm not gonna pass you. Like, you're just not ready. Like, it's kind of just all stuff I've heard before, like, right. you know, whatever, except for this joke." And so that was the joke. I was like, "Oh my god, that joke." Um, what was the joke? Do you it remember? It was the wee brownie joke. I don't know if you guys ever say. I, 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 it's the only joke I still do from ten years ago. Occasionally, okay. Uh, I do the nice. joke where I'm like, my friend, you know, I Your didn't smoke OG. pot. <laughs> my OG joke. It's the only joke I, I didn't smoke pot for a really long time. You know, my friends used to peer pressure me about it. You know, he was like, Eric, smoke some pot. I was like, No, I don't smoke. You know, I don't smoke. He's like, I'm gonna get you to smoke one day. 
I'm like, no, you're not. I'm never smoking. He's like, well, one day I'm going to bake you weed brownies and you're not going to know they're weed oh brownies. God. And you're going to eat them. I'm like, no, I'll know they're weed brownies. He's like, how will you know? I'm like, because you've never baked me brownies. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's the only joke that That's I still good. do. It's the only joke because it's just somehow stood the test of time. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a... And TJ Miller once complimented me on it oh, when I was like it's 22. It's a good joke, yeah. And he was like, that joke's great. I was like, okay. Anyway, so I audition. And he says, and he says, no, I'm not going to pass you. And I go, well, do you have any advice or whatever? And I was always, you know, I think I'm like you guys in that way. Like, I always want to hear people's opinions. Like, just, yeah. just like kind of. Listen, just, I'm looking for validation from any source. From possible. any source. And just like, let any me know source. what I, and let me know. I want to learn. I don't know this. I've been what? doing it a year and I fucking want to know. And like, he's like, do you know Ted Alexandro? And I was like, no, who's that? Which is now looking back, the biggest problem. The fact that I didn't know who you that just gotta, yeah, was. Yeah. It's like fucking, he's brilliant. So I, he goes, he goes, he's on the lineup Saturday night. Come in, just sit on the balcony, watch him. I'll let you in or whatever. So I went and watched Ted and I was like, wow, that is stand-up comedy. Like, uh-huh. holy shit. And so he became, so it went from like Kevin Brennan was my favorite. Then Ted Alexandro for a very long time. And he's still one of my favorites, Ted Easy. And I still love Kevin, but Ted's, I love Ted. Uh, Goldman is my favorite comic. I mean, Gary yeah. Goldman, Gary Goldman, I think is just. When did you discover uh, him? Probably like seven years ago or something. So you were doing comedy first? Oh, yeah. No, I had no yeah. idea who Gary was. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that sad? You have to be doing comedy before you know who the best comedians are. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really discover my favorite comedians till after I, yeah, after I started. Still some of my favorites before, but I knew like 10 comedians before I got yeah, No, but the average... Six of them had OD'd already. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fine. All Aww. your favorites are already dead. Yeah, Mitch. Mitch yeah. is phenomenal. I never got Sam Kinison, man. I, I mean, I got me him, either. but I, it's not for me. I'm from Houston, so I, at I, all. I, I'm not allowed back into Texas if I say that. That they love yeah. him. Yeah, they love yeah, him. Yeah, Houston. Houston had Kinison and uh, Hicks. Which, Hicks, I don't know. I'm not very familiar with. But I know I should enjoy it, but I haven't listened to a lot of it. But I'm, I, he's, those are people who, like, they've they probably created my favorite comedians, you know? Right. Where it's like if I ask my favorite comedians who their favorite comedians are, you probably hear a list of names like that. Right. Prior comes up on that list a lot. Yeah. So you started, You first of all, why did you, you did a bringer show. Why did you want to do the bringer show? What what was the... I, so I have a weird, you know, Jared Freed was on my like um, IG live like sometime in quarantine six, seven sure. months ago. And he was saying how like comedians, he made this statement and I thought about it afterwards and I was like, I totally disagree. Uh, I probably like not in my head and was probably processing it. But now that I thought about it, you know, he said like, comedians were not the class clowns. They were the people who made fun of the class clowns. And I was like, I was a class clown. And like... I think comedians are a lot of different things. Yeah, and I think it just depends on some some comedians. And it's also, say, say comedians, because comedians have a million different personalities, like you just said. Sure. Like, there are quiet comedians. There are people who, who I who I can't be convinced ever had a conversation with another human being before <laughs> they got on stage. You can name Daniel Simonson. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved it. I, he's I, awesome. I fucking love Daniel. And... Also, I like hanging out with Daniel. He's so yeah. He, he's fun to hang out with. that awkward thing, a lot of comedians falsely adopt that I'm very painfully awkward. He is not faking it, man. No, he's not faking it at all. And he doesn't want to be that way. And that's what's so endearing about it. Yeah. He's like, I don't, he's like, this is not who I want to be. Oh. He, he does that joke where he goes, you know, I always wanted to be the guy who's funnier on the grill. Yes. Like, yes. and it's just such a funny joke. Aww. He's like, oh, he's like, he's like, hey, everybody, Jason's here. And I'm just, like, I get excited. He's like, he's never the guy. I love that line he says where he goes, "Do you guys know you can ruin the conversation by not saying anything?" Yeah. I know, <laughs> fucking brilliant line, dude. I love Daniel. I've gotten he's very close with Daniel during, during quarantine. Yeah, 
He but, crushes. Uh, he's amazing. He's yeah. also it took me a long time to realize of like I thought it was he was goofy because of his accent. He has a, this Daniel Simpson has a thick Norwegian. Accent. Yeah, Norwegian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you start to realize and like. Oh, he'd be just as weird without the accent. Yeah, he's not is. weird for Nor. I mean, he's not normal for Norwegian. <laughs> no, no, no. I gotta tell you, dude. I watch like I watch like my friends who I who I admire, who stand up I admire. Like I was watching. I told Matt this morning. I was watching um, his Comedy Central set. Uh, like his Spice Girls, the one with the Spice Girls bit in it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Showed my brother because I was like, you don't know Matt Broussard? because we were on speaker the other night and we were talking. My brother was there. And I was like, you've never seen Matt? And he's like, no, I don't know him. So I was like, I was like, oh, you got to watch it. So anyway, but anyway, I watched, I was on Edibles one night and I was with my two of my buddies and I put on Daniel's Colbert mm-hmm. and I was just fucking like, this guy's fucking brilliant. Dude. Like I was like, like when you're on Edibles, you're like so aware of just how good somebody, like it, it like makes it clear in yeah, some that, way. Oh, you bite your fist. And I'm like, this guy's so fucking good. I played that clip for her mom. Over which, quarantine. Which one? Daniel Simonson's Colbert. It's and your mom's a tough one to crack. My mom. Does not find normal stuff funny. Uh, <laughs> you just say like, that. Like, okay, yeah, he's funny. I was like, that's an applause break. That's, yeah, that's yeah an that means. Break. Yeah, that's like a hall of fame. <laughs> I, I heard another absolute about comedians um, from a friend, uh, Chase actually. DeRusso said that people who show up to their first open mic with their friends never come back. It's the ones who show up. And just write their name down. Don't bring anyone who are more likely to like try to make a career out of it. And, I mean, and that's that, so that's, hard. That seems antithetical to what, what you yeah. say. Yeah, so. it's just how do you know? I mean, there's like no. I don't think. Did that, you bring your friends to your first time? Well, I had to. Yeah, so when for we your first up, mic or your first ever performance. You want to hear something crazy, man? I because I grew up here and I had a lot of friends in the city. I didn't do my first open mic probably two, two and a half years into me doing Holy stand-up. Holy shit, dude. Wow. And you know what it felt like? Well, this like? is good to see because there's different... Pe- like, I feel like so far we've heard only from like the mics to like grind for years and then show and like there's more than one path. Yeah, guys, don't be discouraged. If you're extremely like likable and Listen, popular, if you've like got I a was, lot of friends, uh, would, world's your oyster. You <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if not... Uh, Fuck off. The open mic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't have to endure open mics. Your friends just have to endure your. You are your. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not, like not yeah. only do they have to be your yeah. friends, they have to be like really good friends to like keep <laughs> yeah. going. Why would you go through the pain when you can have other your friends sit through <laughs> sit through the rest of the awful? Yeah, you're outsourcing the pain. <laughs> and let me tell you something, man. I've been and so so actually I felt it felt kind of like the analogy that I've think is somewhat you know um, uh, you know analogous or whatever. I, I think that. It's almost like, so great NBA, like, you know, they say like Kobe didn't go to high school, LeBron didn't, I mean, didn't go to college, LeBron didn't go to college. Right. They say like, it just takes you a little longer to mature in the NBA because you missed like a pivotal step in like growth because college teaches you a lot of things like high school. Physical, emotional. Everything. Like finance, I don't know. Plenty of different versions of growth occur during those yeah. years. Ryan yeah. Lochte finished four years of college. Michael Phelps didn't. So that was very... Yeah, was yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's... But, but... So it almost felt like that. It almost like I went from... It's like I went from high school to... Like... Not that Bringer Shows are the pros, but I missed a... You're up against step. big names. Yeah. Yeah. I missed a step. Like... So I purposely went... Like... I'm very good at 
the, the one thing I'm, I'll credit myself on is like I'm very good at, at being honest with myself about what my flaws are and going like, okay, I have to work on that. And I knew that I was terrified going to mics, even after performing at bringer shows for like, these are real audiences. I mean, a lot of open mic comics don't want to perform in front of real people. I didn't want to perform in front of comics. Oh, I still get that. It's still way more intimidating. Way more intimidating. Mic. I get so much more nerves going up in front of than like a regular crowd. You're like, oh, a regular who cares? Crowd. Yeah. 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 And they actually, I, I value their opinion of me. Because you want your club crowd, I'm like, yeah, whatever. What you want your peers know? to like you. You want your peers to like yeah. you. There's no denying that. There's right. no anybody can say, I don't care what comics think. Like you're lying. You're lying. Yeah. So so um, anyway, so I I, I made, after three years in, you know, I kind of got a sense of what I was doing, and like I was starting to I was I was doing well with crowds. I was doing pretty well, even though like I look back at the jokes now and I'm like, ugh. After right. three years, and how often were you going up? I was probably going up after, I was probably over 23 at this time. I was probably going up like, you know, twice a week or something. With, with bringing friends. Bringing friends. That's a and lot then, of friends. And then I would I get some saying... friend shows, right? Like your friends has a show, he puts you on. Oh, you'd start to. How did you meet new com- or people? Oh, the bringer shows. Just the bringer other shows. people doing the bringer shows? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, I don't, did you check out a lot of bringer shows? Before? I was literally signed up to do one before COVID hit. It was like, I don't know. April of last year, which clearly yeah. it got canceled. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. No, it did not happen. Which where was it going to be? Oh my god, I can't even remember. Um, Broadway. Okay, I was about to say. I think I, it was the, that one. I have been, you know, I've been to brutal mics now. And then when I was three years in, I started going to mics a lot. Yeah, I've been oh. to horrendous mics. I don't think there's a single more painful experience. Than watching a really terrible bringer show at Broadway Comedy Club. I mean, it is. <laughs> it is a. Oh. Well, I was well, trying we'll, to do uh, it. We'll beep the name of that club too. <laughs> Actually, I don't really I, care. Prefer, I do. I do. So I do their shows there. Oh, you do? I, I did for a long time. Those are the only bringer shows I've been exposed to in any way. Like I never did any coming up, and. Uh, I, I I purely wanted to do it honestly for like the experience, just to like know what that kind of looks like, um, and because I have friends. <laughs> those crowds are. If you didn't have to bring them, those. Crowds I did. I they did be do great. The, the class at the cellar. Um, and then was that Rick Chrome's? Um, I did, but Veronica. uh, Veronica's. Oh, she saw. I like Veronica a lot, yeah. and I like Rick. More focused on writing, I think. Rick's Rick's I would totally take yeah. Rick's as well, but uh, again, I'll literally do any class. Um, but we did do a bringer at the very end, and I like didn't. Bring, well, they were. It wasn't a bringer. It was like, hey, so you it's your showcase. Bring, like, yeah. try to bring, and I was like, no. Um, but everyone else <laughs> was it brought at the them. Yeah, yeah, which was like. Oh my I was, god! Oh, it was insane. Best room in the she city. She was the only person on the show who had ever done stand before. She well, I did like mics. mics and like had you know I'd been doing it for about six months or so at that point. So by well, plenty to learn, plenty, yeah, plenty, yeah, plenty, yeah. plenty to learn. But no one else had ever stood on a stage and right. like spoke to a group in that setting. So so I was like, oh. Do you guys realize how big of a deal it is that we get to be here? Like, I know. whatever, two hundred fifty bucks or whatever. This is money well spent. Are you kidding? Take my picture. Phone. She felt very conflicted about posting a picture because she was like, I don't oh, want t- anyone to think that I think that I like am a well, seller. Let's guy. talk about that for one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just stop there and talk about that for one second. That's what's so amazing about the fact that you get to sort of benefit from having a, a more experienced comic in your apartment. Yeah. Is that like anybody? I know I would have been like. Fuck it. I'm posting. I'm doing yeah. I did a show at the cellar. I don't give a fuck. It says comedy cellar. I'm doing it. Right. Like I didn't have anybody around to be like, don't do that. So I had to go through the system and have people be like, ugh, like you right, know, get right, dirty looks right. and get, get that type of 
uh, negative feedback right, right, with right. certain things I did until I realized. Because you don't realize like, oh. that it's such a like almost sacred thing to earn. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe right. maybe I have maybe I have too big of an opinion of it at this point. But in my mind, it's like the making of the Olympics. No, I mean, and the, like, sell, the seller is the seller. There's no yeah. Like, you wouldn't like yeah. you wouldn't claim to have that unless you've that. done that. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Um, but you can pay them two hundred and fifty or something like that dollars. Take a really great class, and at the end, you get to do a little bringer show, Amazing. and it's um it's a lot of fun. Um, it is also pretty bad comics, um, <laughs> but they're learning because they're all babies. And uh, don't post the pictures. <laughs> you you know what? There's no I don't ju- look. There are some people you see immediately, and you're like, this person has no sense okay. of comedy. I mean, they can't learn it because it's innate. They have zero sense. But there are a lot, just as many people who you go like, eh, that three years after, you see them again and you go, wow. I can't wait what a for turnaround. that. And you've what been a in, turnaround. You've been in one ecosystem your entire comedy career. So you've probably seen as much of that as anyone. It's crazy. And you know what's weird about my about my personal journey? And, and for a long time I hit myself and I was like, I should have started at the mics, whatever. I'm happy, I'm happy how it went. But ultimately. But... Um, yeah, you're fine for it. But so. but I'm, I'm, yeah, well, and that's kind of the cool part is there's there's not one journey for everybody at all at all. Especially all these outlets, there's these bar shows and these clubs and these fucking and TikTok, the and yeah, TikTok and whatever. Um, but I do think like what I liked about how I did it was that I nobody knew me, like right. like ten percent of comment like like nobody knew me. It was it, it was just like I was quietly getting good at stand-up at using the bringer show using the comic strip right for a long time the com- i passed at the comic strip i passed at broadway in greenwich and i basically just did those until emilio bought new york comedy club and then he brought me over there and then i started working a lot and then stand up new york a little bit and whatever but like that's I was- so that's such an interesting also you're you're the biggest <laughs> positive you had about that experience is now my biggest Negative in comedy. What? What is that? <laughs> Not enough people know me. That's like a that's a ten year problem, <laughs> and, a, and a, a three year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 that's right. The exactly. Thing. Yeah. But but see, it's funny. So the because, anonymity, the training wheels of those three yeah, years. Yeah. I was like, I'm glad most people hadn't seen me, and 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 to be honest, like most of, I would say by the time I got into the cellar, at that point, you know, it was two years ago. So at that point. A lot of comics knew me, but I would say fifty percent of the seller had never seen me do stand up before. So, I, I hadn't. right. Yeah. So, so, so at that point, when you're seeing me for the first time as a twelve year comic, like that's that's awesome. Valuable. That's I mean, that that's is very valuable. That's really good in terms you know? of yeah, forming. Oh God, yeah. And very antithetical to the way the uh, the showbiz side of it works, where it's all about being met that five year phenom. Everyone right. wants to see some four year, five year just bust out with a special and. It's, it's, I don't think that's the way it works in terms of good stand-up. Good other things for sure, but... Dude, how about, how about people putting out albums after a year and a half? I mean, I put out my first album that after 10 years of stand-up. Sounds fully insane. So did Rahman, I think, just yeah. put out his first album. Another and, fucking killer, uh, dude. Uh, Sam Evans, yeah. and those, Sam those are really good funny. albums as a result. It's 10 years. Imagine, I mean, I would listen to an hour of what they threw out and didn't do on that album yeah. in the first 10 years. That would still be... Yeah. I always... I the think, bonus tracks. Yeah. I think you're as, your strength as a comic is what's the best joke you don't do. You're right. What can what, you What did away? you leave out? What did you what say, did you like, I, I couldn't... Enough enough. Yeah. yeah. And I did my first special album 
five years in, and I mean, uh, there's it's probably some, still really good. I mean, your joke writing so sharp. There's right? 20 I mean, minutes sure of it. Pretty... I was like, oh, if I could still do those, if I hadn't burned those, I'd still be doing those jokes. But yeah, there's some other stuff in there too. Um, so three years, two two times a week doesn't sound like a lot. No, it's it wasn't. So I Anthony DeVito. But I'll, good quality what, were, what, what was your life like at that point? I was, I mean, I was a college kid. I so mean, you were in college. Yeah, at the time? I love, I love getting up. I was, I went to Hunter College on the Upper East okay. Side. Um, I actually wanted to go. This is so stupid. When I grew up, because I grew up in the city, I had walked. I don't know if you guys ever saw Hunter College. It's on 68th and Lexington. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I used to pass by with my mom, and they would have like a skyway where you would walk from one building to the other. And I was yeah. like, I need to be up there one day. And that's, <laughs> and that's why I wanted to go to the college, dude. For a that's, skyway. That's it. And it's really not that great. I was up there now a, a number it's, of times. It's not. It's really not that great. That's hilarious. In yeah. terms of goals, it's attainable. <laughs> it's very attainable. Yeah, you can get there. <laughs> you could probably just go walk in. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ivory tower. I want a, a windowed in walkway. Yeah, over. <laughs> well, Hunter College, though. I mean, that's oh. great. So you're in. That makes sense, too. Like, in college, like, that's a whole. Like, Can't you're doing. Imagine. Yeah, what truly. Kind of I know. Truly. It's, it's so it's so I didn't take so, so that one, works out. You got to have a couple years of like anonymous while while you were growing as a human being because yeah. I don't believe you're really a person before college. Did you call yourself a comic? <laughs> I said I'd do stand up. I mean, I so one day I went to stand up New York. It was probably this must be eight years ago now. It's probably twenty four or something. And I went to stand up New York. And I ran to Anthony DeVito, who another one I had known from the strip for late night. Sure. And I go, Anthony, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, you on tonight? And he's like, yeah, I'm over here with Michelle Wolf or whatever at Stand Up New York. And so I go, cool. I go, I go, how often do you, do you get up? And he goes, every night. And it wasn't that he said every night. It was the way he said it. He said it in a way that was like, obviously, well, how else are you going to be a good comic? Like, like almost like not trying to be condescending, but I was like hard on myself for it and I was like so you okay I guess I'll do it every night and I just from about 24 to 25 I was like started doing it every night pretty much every so night so that's interesting so like before then you just didn't realize like that's what you needed to do why Why would you why would you have known yeah, yeah. I thought every comic I think unless you're some somehow so mature and insightful about how things work kind of believes that they're going to get up there and be Chris Rock they're right. going to get up there the first time and be Chris Rock. To be fair, like and you probably need a certain level of confidence like that to be able to have the gumption to get into it. Did, yeah. yeah. I did well my first set, and I had a bunch of people going, oh, you're so good. It's a great job. Amazing for your first time. I'm like, okay, what now? Right. Like thinking I was Where's just going to go record a, yeah, <laughs> find me a camera. Piggybacking on what you just said, I truly have come up with this theory that I think is pretty bulletproof. That... If you women are women be shopping, <laughs> women be shopping, end of <laughs> women, women be whores. Yeah. If you Do we have to bleep that are <laughs> it, no, 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 keep it, keep it. That's my point. I need to go viral. Women be shopping, guys. I don't think women deserve the same <laughs> the same opportunities we're saying as men. Get rid of their voting rights. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Okay. Um, my theory is that. The better you are immediately, the more likely you are to quit quickly. Because, All right. Go on. <laughs> because you've already... What happens is this business takes so long. Like, unless you're Michael Che or three other names I could mention, right. this is going to be a long climb. 
Sure. So if you are immediately great at stand-up, and there are some, there's a couple that I'm like, the first time they went up, I saw them and I was like, wow. It happens. It's rare, but it happens. They're likely to quit. If you're listening, it's probably not you. It's probably not you. <laughs> I just want thing. everyone Which is a good like, thing. oh, that's right. me. And, and that's the point. It is actually a good thing because they don't see the results they think matches what they're doing up there. So well, they're, you, they're uh, killing already. So they're like, they're like, okay, why am I not getting anything? And they get frustrated and they quit. Whereas me, I was doing well, but I knew I needed a lot of work. Like I was like, okay, I need to... You're like, I'm not getting things because I don't deserve anything for this. Right, right. <laughs> right. I, was like, I was like, I'm good. I'm clearly like know what I'm doing in some way, but like, I'm like, I need a lot of work. And I sure. knew I needed a lot of work. So I think that's what kept me personally going is like that drive to be better and better and to better improve. is what is what kept me going. Remembering, remembering the uh, the drought, yeah, just remember, remembering the famine makes you just hungry. Yeah, I, my, I, I had something that kind of reinforces what you said. Um, my first two times went well, and then I was just really eating shit every week because I thought I had to bring back new material. I was only going up once a week, and I yes, a couple it. weeks in. I just really eat it and I come off stage just like, you know, you don't know if you bombed or not. You're like, I think I bombed. Yeah. And um, I uh, was walking my head low and uh, two guys who were just incredibly funny. They were gods to me. Chase DeRusso and Russell Simic just stopped me. They go, hey man, you're funny. And I was angry. I'm like, why are you telling me that now? Right? I just bombed. What are you talking about? They're like, well, we, we've known you were funny for a while. We've been watching you, but we didn't want to tell you until we knew you were sticking around. I was like, why? Like, we didn't want some yuppie fuck come in here and do it five times, think he was good at it, quit, and then spend the rest of his life telling people, yeah, I did comedy. I was great. <laughs> that, yeah, that's they hilarious. They thought I was going to quit. They thought, they, yeah. they saw my first two sets go well, and they thought I wasn't in it for the long haul. Uh, and yeah. it was only until I really suffered that they were able to, to give me that reinforcement. It bothers me so much. There would be guys, Laura, there would be like guys at Bringer, at like a bringer show. Some of them, you know, bringer shows are weird because it's like some people who just want to be better at speaking publicly at their like conferences. Totally. Like, yeah. Which like, good for you. Good. Do Which your is thing, awesome. You know? Which is awesome. But like some people would be like pretty good for like a month and then quit. And then they get to go around saying that they were a good comic, that when they did it, they were good. They'll be around with their friends years later and be like, oh, come on, like you know I was so, so good funny? if I would have pursued it. I, and you're like, no, 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 you needed to go to some terrible open mics and just eat it. I want, I want to make like that just... some like Kill Bill movie where we find everyone who does that and assassinate them. <laughs> Don't go around there making people think this is at all. Is it just easy. because it's so hard, like it's obviously so hard for anyone who sticks around that you just, that the thought of someone like sullying the name like really yeah. bothers you? Yeah, I think or, so. I, I mean, clearly not just you. There's, this is not an uh, uncommon opinion. Don't yeah. eat the airplanes. I think the whole art. I think the whole art form. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole uh, the whole art form of entertainment is based on the crowd thinking they can't do it because yeah. technically they can. They can hold a microphone and talk into it. So we need them knowing that they are unable to do what we do. You you, you know what I find happens a lot, and I've I've been way better at battling this, because this is an internal battle, man. You can't control everybody's fucking asshole opinion, but but I've gotten better at sort of like being like, it's okay, Eric, it's okay, you just handle this within yourself. You know, I'd go to bachelor parties or something, and there'd always be somebody there who thought they were funnier than me. 
always and just right. tried to be funnier the, during the weekend and it became some contest that I didn't want to be part of. I just oh, wanted man. to fucking have a nice weekend with my buddies yeah. and there's some guy just like, I could do that, you know, cause you're the one getting attention and people are talking about you and they don't like it and whatever it is. And I was like, and finally I, I came to this conclusion. I go, I, I said this to a couple of people one time cause they were pissing me off. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to, I'm not trying to compete with you. I just want to have a fucking nice weekend. I was like, anytime you want to do an open mic, you call me, I will pay for it <laughs> and we will go down together and we will see if you think you have what it takes to go do stand-up comedy. Because in case, I had a friend, it was my buddy Hal's bachelor Men party. Men are wonderful. It was my buddy, it was my buddy Hal's, Hal's. It's a positive trait. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of the few, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was um, my buddy's bachelor party, Hal, and I love Hal, he's such a great guy, but he always was kind of a little little bit of a dick like well I could be that funny I could do that whatever but I didn't take it very seriously but fine and he went up at his own bachelor party and started talking doing stories they were like come on Hal you always wanted to do stand up do it and just fucking ate it no and way was, and he came up to me and he just goes okay I understand now oh my god and I was god. like you still don't really but like at least you have a sense enough, now of how hard enough it is to, yeah, to just try to make off. people laugh yeah you know and it is yeah it's I went it's to tough. A, I went it's a to hard my, business. My cousin's wedding. One, one point, one story to counteract, counteract that one. The one exception I've seen to this rule was I went to a wedding, uh, my cousin's, and uh, all the, the groomsmen went up and gave little stories and speeches. And it had that rigid intonation of a non-comedian trying to tell a funny story. Yeah. Like the way, way kids all speak the same at bar mitzvahs where it's just like, Da 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 have a great wedding. That's good. And walks <laughs> off, that was great. And walks off. That's great. The commitment to that bit. That's great. It was one line that had to land that it did. And we were just like, dude, that's you, good. You earned this. You have one. it. Yeah. yeah. That well, is actually, too you know what's funny. so funny? Once in a while at a wedding, I will see a speech, a groomsman's speech or something that I'm just like, that was pretty good. You know what it probably, I, 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 Jew. Is it a Jew every time? Always. Always. <laughs> Always. It's you that, you are Jewish. Jewish. Yeah, yes. It's the natural art of storytelling I feel like we pass down. We understand how important self-deprecation is in every story. It's the one thing when Jews tell stories, it has to be self-effacing. Yeah. I think that, that always aids the story. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. So you do bringer shows for a while, then through oh. some... What? Yeah, open mics because of... Uh, open because mics of eventually Davida. because of... Davida. Then I started doing mics. I would do like the Broadway mic. That's where I met Dan Perlman, who's still a friend of mine to this and day. great comic. Um, great comic. And so we did the Broadway mic a lot. Um, pretty bad, but we did it. Then I did Greenwich. I got past a Broadway. Al Martin would give me spots. And then I got past a Greenwich by Dustin Chafin. And I ate it for two months every single time I went up there. <laughs> why? And you know why? Because That's... I, I think you have to get to a point where you're like, I don't care what the situation is, I'm going to be funny. Like, Hey, guess what we've had to learn this year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, last year, but Jesus. Yeah. 
You just got to be. But and this has actually helped comics in some weird way because I am they've curious. been thrown into like park situations. Yeah. And all this shit and I did, virtual I did shows. comedy on the subway. You're, and comedy I, on the subway, which is great. It's so great that you insane. did that. That's a lesson I still haven't learned. Where I'm like, this night looks hopeless. I'm gonna lower my bar. And yeah, that's the one thing you hear about great comics, especially like the John Stewart stories, having to slug it out at two a.m. every night, last spot of the night, where it's like, it doesn't matter how hopeless it is, you still have to like aim to kill. You have to aim to kill, and you won't, and you just won't a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But that always has to be the goal. Yeah, I do that. I would do that in the park, and I'm like, it's four people. I don't really have to try. But then sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're like, if you just try one joke you're like oh they're a crowd despite what they look like they're a crowd I try I've also tried to get better at that over time is trying not to judge the crowd before if before I go up and and especially and that could be tough too man like if you've watched some of the show it's so hard not to come in with some yeah like preconceived notions like if you see hecklers or something you're automatically like well they're assholes Um, I, I think it's better not to watch the show I really do. Really? I, I think it's better to learn about the crowd when you get up there. Because I, or just be so disciplined that you watch it and just go like, okay, but gonna, it's a blank slate for me. It's a blank slate for me. I'm not going to hold Well, they're going to love me, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. That, or like, just like, or just not even they're going to, just like, I don't know what they're going to be like when I get up there. I'm going to find out. Right. Where it's like, because I've held grudges. I don't, I hate obnoxious hecklers like like it and I, I'm a guy who does a lot of crowd work mm-hmm. a lot and especially when I headline like if I'm doing an hour I'll probably do like 20 minutes of crowd work wow. maybe 25 wow I, I really enjoy it but I always want to be the one in control I never want somebody to dictate my show so if I start with the crowd work and it goes somewhere really fun good if you're starting to try to get a rise out of me I'm either going to shut you down quick or I'm just going to like or I'm or or like I'm just gonna try to kick you. Like I just don't like. I don't think the security. Member, can you come get? Yeah, this exactly. <laughs> I don't think the audience member should ever dictate the show. I think it should be the comic. When the comic's up there, they control. If a comic wants to do an hour of material, not saying a single word to the crowd, that is the comic's right. If the comic wants to go into the crowd, that is the comic's right. It, the audience member does not have a right to fucking dictate how the comic set goes. All right. And so, and so that's just right. that is just a rule and like what like. I just I just don't think there's any way around it. I think that's what it is. And so sometimes I say I've ruined sets of mine in the past because I've watched the whole show and I've watched a heckler be a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, and angry. When I get up there, I'm already on my last. Like, you're already your patience is already gone. Already, I'm like in my head like if he says one word, it's a wrap. And that is not a good place to be going into a set. I've ruined... Just I've, light and airy. Yeah, just like, exactly. <laughs> Who wants to laugh? I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. That, that, but Lord, seriously, that's something... So I was headlining... So I, I did my first... Head, so I, I headlined Caroline. I did a breakout artist in 2015. Packed it with all my friends. Sold it yeah. out. The, um, and then I did like five more of them. But after my first one, I got a couple headlining gigs on the road. I did like Wisecrackers in Pennsylvania. Um, pretty bad room. Uh, and I did it and there was like these drunk hecklers and I brought my buddy Frank to like open for me. It was my first headlining weekend on the road. Remember, mm-hmm. like I, I barely had 45 minutes. Like mm-hmm. it was like, I was squeezing. Sure. And, like, and I was hopefully there's an interesting crowd member. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're like, please be interesting. Come on, five please minutes. Yeah. 
You walk up to a guy before the show and hand him twenty dollars, being like, "If anyone asks, you're a sailor." <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and by the way, this was my entire pay for the weekend. <laughs> um, so please make this worth it. Um, and like he was being an asshole to my friend Frank, kind of, and just kept shouting shit out. And then I went up and I said like my first two lines, and he screamed something out, and I told him to shut his fucking mouth. And they hated me for the next 40 minutes. Perfect. And I was destroyed, like, afterwards. Oh, like, no. So, so they gave us two hotel rooms, me, one for me, one for Frank. And I begged him to sleep in my room with me. Oh, I was, like, so sad. I, I called Sam Morell. I was like, dude, like, I am in bad shape here. He's like, oh. he's, like, he's, like, he's like, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. He was at the cellar. He's like, I'm doing this by the cellar. He, like, calls me up an hour later. He's like, what's up? I'm like, dude, I just bombed so bad in Pennsylvania. He's like, this is why you're calling me. He's like, I bomb every weekend on the road. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, all right, there you go. He thinks someone's like dying. And you're like, they didn't like me. I told them to shut up and they saw that I was a mean man. They thought I was bad. You, you can't imagine the satisfaction of having gone from being a whiny baby, going to his girlfriend for consolation, and then she starts stand up. And then starts to totally understand like, how bad it is. Why it's so emotional? Why, I know. Why, I was why, just like, so stop destroyed. being a little bitch. Like yeah, I don't know. What, <laughs> Forty people in Seattle didn't like you tonight. Just like you no, know, no, no. One and, person can make you feel bad. And now, yeah, <laughs> with, 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 she was doing over mics. She was like, why is it? With that one experience on the train platform. Oh, who was it that walked up? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So I did a mic. I, I fucking terrible, and it was just you know, every once in a while, it just gets to you. Yeah. You know what I mean. Course. Actually, most of the time it gets yeah, to end, but, for sure. And uh, uh, but, Jake Fromm, who has worked with, we've worked with before. I we've uh, worked with. I've met sorry, him. He, he did a guest spot on my show and or featured in in uh, Vermont. And you met him there, and he was really nice, really funny guy. Really, really funny and guy. Really up, nice. Just he's the sweetest guy. He's, so he looks not, at we me, would want to hang like. He, yeah, he locks eyes with me on the platform. Hey, buddy, big smile. And like, Laura turns I'm around, like, bawling, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> No, but but then we he were understood. getting on the train or something like that. I remember I had to like, like like you know do the the classic like woman just like not crying anymore. Yeah, Hi, yeah, yeah. how he are was, you? Yeah. He handled it like such a bro. He it was, was like so... acknowledging you and leaving. <laughs> so I'm funny. assuming because you were a woman crying, it wasn't that big of a deal. No um, one, listen, no but... one, no one cared. <laughs> um, but but uh, no no no, I get it, Laura. I tr like I've I don't cry like that, but I. Wasn't yeah. well, and let's just shit. like let you know, I don't generally either. So yeah, that's why yeah. I was like, "What's up?" I like, don't how? Uh, I also have this. This is a, a thing I've noticed is I'll wake up feeling wrong. I'll be like, I'll wake up being like, "What's off?" My I, your your brain isn't isn't collecting thoughts, and you're like, yeah. "What's happening?" I feel something weird physically in my body. Oh, I bombed last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it somehow is still in my fiber. I, I even like, I said to myself, my 2019 goal, I think it was like 2018 going to 2019. I was like, I am going to go a little easier on me, on myself. Just like, be gentle know, with yourself. I, I was kill. If I had a bad set, even not, not even a bit. That's the thing that killed me. If I had an okay, okay set, kill me. Yeah. I cannot stand. I'd almost well, rather just have nice. a bomb because I'd be like, okay, this is just what it is. Okay sets where it's like, I'm not quite getting them, but I'm, I got them a little, but it's not, it's, they're working and then it's not working. And so then, my version of a crushing it. <laughs> I mean, it just, 
You can't laugh yeah. at that because you know you're like, well, maybe. Well, it just, it just, yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. so frustrating. And I listened to the audio, and like, st- almost stab myself every joke that I'm like, well, maybe I rushed that. Well, maybe like every time I see a little flaw in it, I'm like, ah, oh, that's why. And it, and I would wake up the next morning from about nine to at about two p.m. I'd be like, okay, I'm over it. But from around nine to two, even the next day, I would like it would be painful. I right. walk away with a little pit in my stomach. You know, walk Aww. around, go get breakfast. There'd still be the pit in my stomach. Go hang out with your like forty-five friends and just be like, guys. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't even <laughs> Call there Sam mentally. <laughs> Call Sam. Yeah. I wasn't even there mentally, and I was like, I gotta like just have thicker skin. I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this set to set. I have to live year to year. Or, you know. Yeah. It's I long can't haul. live set to set, and it's and and that's also when I started becoming more okay with that with just. Okay, sometimes there's circumstances beyond your control. I'm going to do my best every single time. And sometimes I just can't do well for whatever the reasons are. You know, million fucking reasons. There's yeah. Babies running around. There's private gigs. <laughs> You're in a park. Listening. You're in the park. Whatever it is, I'm just going to do my best, live with the results. And I'm going to... And the other thing is like with joke writers, and like I assume you seem like you have a mind where you're probably pretty obsessed with joke writing also. I enjoy them, yeah. Um I know, and I know. Living with Matthew, I'm like, do I though? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then then you're around joke. My girlfriend, oh, this is actually a really, I meant to say this earlier. So I put on, um, I put on uh, my Facebook status. I used to post on Facebook. That was like all new status updates. That was like basically my only social media at one point. And I remember about six years ago, I posted, I came from a Brooklyn show and I put up uh, me, like semicolon, semicolon the one where you, me, semicolon, (laughs) uh, 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 baby, I love you so much. My girlfriend, semicolon, you just bombed, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a colon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, But 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 I thought it was such a good like so such an and that's exactly what like. But but you and I so as somebody who's a write like I'm obsessed with joke writing. I I always want to write, always, always. So like so as somebody like that, I already made a deal with myself where I'm like, look, Eric, you are gonna take risks. You are going to be a comic who always takes risks on stage. Sometimes it will not pay off and you have to be okay with that. And I was like, that's what, how I'm going to live and that's how I'm going to build my career. And I would rather just try three new jokes every set because over a course of a year, that's going to be another half hour or whatever it is. And that's how you just keep it. And I was like, those are my favorite comics. And I I remember having this moment where I was doing the seller and you were, you were doing the seller a bit, but I was doing the seller like every, I was, I was there every day, every night I could be there. I was there and I was, I had some. And I told Liz, nobody wants to open. So I was like, Liz, I'll open. And so she put me to open all the time. And sometimes I bombed. And that's just something I knew was going to happen. People weren't paying attention. They were eating. They didn't even know there was a show. There was eight people sometimes. Whatever it was. Doesn't feel good behind the glass. And I remember one time. And I was like, bring... Oh, this is... Oh, this year. COVID COVID seller. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, "What do you mean?" No, I murder at the cellar. Yeah. Another running, running, every show I murder at the cellar. I mean, right, that, no, that's no, no. a joke, but it's 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 incredibly close to being true. Uh, you you do kill every set there, but I, but I, anyone I, who's I, passed there does. I, well, that's the thing because you you're not going to be there. So, little little background for for listeners: um, a, a couple months into the quarantine, uh, when indoor dining was allowed, the Olive Tree Cafe. I can say all this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the uh, Olive Tree Cafe above the cellar. I don't think this podcast is going to. Yeah, was doing dinners, uh, quote unquote dinners, where there was a plexiglass uh, divider where you uh, comics would come up and each do ten to fifteen minutes. Whoever showed up went up uh, of past seller comics, a P A S S E D, and um, 
yeah, it would just it would roll through the night, and it was it was the closest thing to an indoor club show in the city. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was there were some good nights and there were some bad nights because, like you said, people were just eating, didn't know a show was going to happen. It it was a very weird room. Everyone had plexiglass dividers, and you were behind. You looked like Hannibal Lecter in a cell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. That's all. Just throwing that up. No, no, no. I so I, I really should have given context. Like, uh, no, I, it's no. yeah. If you That's, guys didn't know, how would have how would a listener know? But 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 um. Yeah, and like I, so I was coming. So like maybe the first couple weeks of it, I was doing it, and I was doing yeah, well. You were opening it, you I was opening the first it. First comic, which by the end of the night it would usually be good, but it was never good at the top of the show. No. Sometimes it was, uh-huh. occasionally, but most of the time it was. It ranged from like it ranged from like Jesus, this is painful, to like surprisingly great, mm-hmm. and it was just that range, that wide net. It was like anywhere in between. It fell anywhere in that spectrum, and. I remember like I was bringing jokes that I was like, okay, I know these jokes work. I'm not going to fuck around. This is still the seller, even though it's yeah. COVID. Liz is in the Liz is in the room. room. Uh, new material in front of Liz. No. And then I got to a place where I was like, I went up on stage one night and I just did seven new jokes in a row. I was like, I'm just going for it. I'm just uh-huh. fucking going for it. And, uh, How'd it go? And it went great. And I got, I felt like I reward, I was rewarded for, you know, putting yourself out there a little bit. I was like rewarded for that. And then I, you know, and then other nights afterwards weren't as good or whatever. But like, I just remember being like, I can't, walking away being like, I can't believe I took those risks at the best club in the world. Like, and it feels good. It feels good. By my last, I think the very last show I did there, I just ended with a story I had never told before. Laura and I have a similar thing. I think we're both a little more risk averse. On yes. stage, of I, I just I've been trying to armor, to force I mean? myself to do more crowd work and stuff like that because I'm still at the phase. I hope it goes away eventually, but I'm terrified of the crowd. I get just it. Scare the shit and out. You of know me. what you should do for that? There's what? only one solution: ask to host. Well, I have to. Well, yeah. That's, well, you host it. So show. that's and I mean right. that's part of the reason I wanted to do that. Was you're exactly right. Was you have to in mm-hmm. the hosting position, like engage with them. Like make them know what's up and stuff like that. So I do it. I still don't do a great job of engaging with the crowd, but I'm getting but you'll better. Keep getting better. But I'll you'll keep, keep getting, getting better. better. And producing your own show, it's like you know, either you're hiring a host or you're doing it. Like, right. Right. Pin, pin in that. Pin in that because that's one of the things we, we brought you on here to discuss. Um, open mics. Three years in now, you're doing open mics and getting passed at um, at some clubs and doing some real spots too. Um, still doing the bringers. Still doing the bringers. Still I did bringers, bringers legitimately until probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, because then I would do guest spots on the bringer that I. Yeah, because took. then you can be booked on a bringer show, no longer required to bring, right. which is a god, the sweetest spot in all of comedy. It's <laughs> um, amazing. How did the open mics feel after bringer shows? It was a huge. They were oh, yeah. they were tough, but nothing was a learning curve like Greenwich Village Comedy Club, man. I mean, what a raw <laughs> raw basement. Not, not like the comic strip is lit Buckets well. Buckets where water drips into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the comic strip is like lit well. It's like a friendly room, nice right. environment. Greenwich Village Comedy Club is the opposite. It is <laughs> just desolate. It's got no charm. It's just a raw basement. And there basement. is no better place than that to just fucking do learn. it. Learn. Just yeah. learn. Bomb your ass off. Learn how not to bomb. It's just, it's not welcoming um, to either patrons or comics. Just learn how to get laughs. Just to, And it was crazy because I was already six years into comedy. Like, I was like, oh, I, I, I've got this. I know this. I don't know what to do. And I didn't. And I was like, and I kept bombing until I stopped bombing. 
Right. And it was, so that's the, that's really my pure, purely my, my greatest advice I could offer is just whatever scares the fuck out of you, just Lean do into it. that. Just fucking do it. And just do it. You don't think you'd be the comic you are now without the open mics. You think. No, you, I mean. Can, 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 can a person skip open mics? That's one of the big questions that we have. I would yeah. highly recommend doing open mics. Sure, anybody can do any. I mean, there's a way around anything, kind of, but I highly recommend it. I just think, just because there's not an offering of terrible situations at such an uh, at such a fast rate, the way open mics offer it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no other place that you could find just terrible situations to try to dig yourself out of a hole than open mics. So, yeah, I would say probably that's the best offer there is out there. So yeah, do it. Yep. Yeah. You know. Um, and what was your writing process? When did you develop? Because I think you're a disciplined writer now. When did yeah. you start building that? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't always a disciplined writer. I always had like, I always knew how to write a joke well. Like I knew structure. I always in my head, I thought in like set up punchlines. That's just sort of how my mind works. But I certainly didn't. I was writing also like stories. Do you tell stories? Now I tell stories like punchy stories, but I wasn't like that. I was always a tight joke writer. And now I'm starting to get longer form. Like that's mm-hmm. like my evolution as a comic. And that was only very recent. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was only writing like that executioner bit I do, the death row executioner. <sighs> that, that's that, a chunk. That's a chunk. Not a story as much. That that's a chunk, right? That's more of a chunk. chunk. Yeah. But 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 that. But but that. You've seen it. Oh, I did it. I think I closed it, it in your show. So. But you but. Oh great. But uh, I have no, thank you for I that. I think I'm losing um, my memory. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it was like that was like four months ago, but um or whatever three months ago. But but um, yeah. I just I just like always thought in like quick jokes kind mm-hmm. of, and and then. I'm still there. As time as yeah. time goes on, you start no, but you have you have chunks, dude. And then and then as as time goes on, you're just like, oh, I want to be a little longer form. Or you like take a Gary Goldman, you know, found a twenty in an old coat example, where it was actually just like four bits intertwined in a very crafty way to seem like one long story, right. but it really right. wasn't. Um, so that's what like I try to. But but I I guess I've now like over the last like maybe. I, it used to take me a month to write a bit, like even like any bit, like a month and a half. I would every month and a half or two months, I'd show up. Every seven bringer shows, I'd show up with like a new joke. And now I How long have is a joke, a one line, a like like a set of punch, like maybe like a forty-five second joke, minute joke, mm-hmm. yeah. thirty jokes, thirty it's seconds. Hard to come by. Yeah, yeah. And no, and, and now I write. I mean, now I write constant, constant. You sit down and just just. Bleed, like no, 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 no. I do every single time type I think writer. of something funny. <laughs> anyway, that's the Hemingway right? <laughs> Is it? No, okay. Go, like, I'm easy, uncultured. You sit down on a typewriter Better. and bleed. Ah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I do every time I think of something funny, I just write it down. And I don't hold myself to any dis. I don't hold myself to any um, cha- shackles as far as like you have to sit down at this time. Like some people wake up at six a.m. and they write for two hours or before they go to sleep for two hours. I'm never. I'm not like that. It's not how I work. I just like I write down a good idea if I think of it on the spot, put it in my notebook, and then throughout the day I'll look back at it and I'll keep writing it. Then I'll go home and I'll write. Right. Then I'll, it'll be half hour here, twenty minutes there, an hour here, five minutes there, ten minutes. I don't hold myself. It's just not how my brain works. And and when I do that, when I hold myself to the whole we'll sit in front of a blank page and free write it's never it never I've never feel inspired right it's always got to be just like on my own terms like just you know I have recently discovered that yeah a blank page is, is kind of a bad way to go but if I just look at notes if I just have a page of notes and even just write something like 
hey, keep coming back to this joke. Yes. Or you're not done with this joke. So then I have somewhere to start from. Right. And uh, whenever I sit down, I'll always have a fresh perspective on something. Yeah. And then also just writing in a joke. I've, I've noticed this because I'm only recently like started to like, like get more regimented about the writing. Is when I type down an idea for a joke I had that I've been like, oh, I'll remember that. I'll think about that. Yeah, I'm definitely, it's, yeah. it's on my mind, so I'm not going to forget that. Right. But the second I sit to write it down, while I'm typing it, something else snaps in. Yeah. I always find something as I'm typing it. I, I don't know right. why just the act of transcribing it allows you to uh, not grip so tightly onto the idea and maybe reach for something else near Probably it. literally engaging a different section of your brain. That too. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're doing a thing that you don't so really do with it. You're just, you don't need the time structure. You will write enough is what it sounds right. like. That's cool. Laura, where's your writing process right now? Like, where, where are you at? So, especially night, it's not formal at all. Like, right now, when I'm, I'm doing the same thing as you, I write down any note. Like, as it, if something funny comes up, I'll put it in my notes. Yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll kind of review those. Um, but I feel like my jokes kind of come to me almost formed. Yeah, those are Which the is, best. That's that, rare. That's, that's it's how rare. I, I too. And I, I unfortunately just haven't gotten to the point where I can be like, like I want to write about my mom meeting my dad when she was a flight attendant. You know? That's, a, subject. that's a wonderful little subject. Yeah. But I don't have a way to like make my brain just be like, okay, go find the funny in that yet. And I need yeah. to just probably do some freeform writing exercises. But to be perfectly honest, it's been also like... I need to be disciplined and refocus on just my stand-up writing, but there's been so few stand-up shows right I now. Know. I hate that. I know that's and, tough. And and half of the unfortunately, like, you know, I have my show, which is great, but like, I have to host it, so I don't feel like there's enough. You can't do that much material you like can't, that. You can't, you can't. They're not fully engaged yet. Oh, all I have, I like, my it. whole thing is to make sure that that show goes as the best it can. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like I don't get to like do anything for me. It's more just like get the crowd, like, like excited. But you're working on your hosting, so you're so not it's, working it's still on one good, thing, but it's but like I want to work on like developing material, and that's kind of the goal is to get to a point where I'm getting enough bookings and stuff like that that I can. No, there's no excuse. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, no. There's, there's quite an excuse right but, now. But it, right but, now is an unusual But you know, time. you know, a lot of this business is self awareness, and like, and like the overarching advice is like find whatever your weakness is and address it, right? As quickly as possible because you can either spend three years avoiding it, being scared of it, and then addressing it. You're going to have to address your weakness sure, at some point. Sure, sure, sure. If you want to be a successful stand-up comic, you have to eventually address whatever you are not good at and try to get good at. Right. That's it. Kobe was just like, Kobe's my favorite player of all time. Kobe, every single offseason, watches his tape back from the season and said, like, I am not... I, I need to get better at this. Yeah. This move, I, I'm not, well, I'm not was, affected. That at. was a huge thing. I mean, you bringing up sports, like we did that in swimming all the time. Just like figure out what it is. Even if you're the best in the world, there's something you can fix. Right. Or continue to strengthen. Right. Um, like I never bomb, so I need to bomb. I know. That's the thing, dude. Your, <laughs> weak, your weakness is doing too well. <laughs> That's the problem, dude. And you need to address it at some point. Yeah, I gotta go. Listen, otherwise in three years you're gonna realize like I just never did bad. Like you wanna keep murdering for another five years before you realize like it's time to bomb? I don't think you wanna do that, dude. It's not, it's not good. Um, No, no, but it's swimming. I feel like it's the same. But that's the thing. Comedy is no different than anything else. It's really not. No, it's, I mean, learning a new skill. There's fundamental ways that you do that for almost everything. Right. Like you repetition. you have to actually train your brain to like 
have the white matter or whatever. Right, right. So the circuits like get connected. Yeah, like whatever right. it is, like it's and that doesn't just happen. It has to get triggered over and over and over and over and over until you're able to do it. So I'm sure with swimming, but, you were just I don't know anything about swimming except like I know how to not drown. That's the yeah, only thing. That's all but, you really need. Turns out <laughs> that's really it. <laughs> but I but I can't imagine that like it's just like oh I gotta move on I gotta work on this move or. I, Pushing off the wall um, at this rate. It's insane. Yeah. Like you think your body, especially because in the water, your awareness changes so dramatically. So you think your elbow is like up here, but in reality it's here. And it's not until you watch the video that you're like, oh shit, like I'm going in this position that's like physically easier, but not nearly as fast. You know what I mean? Or Boy, like, is that analogous to stand up watching right. videos of yourself? Yeah, I know. Yeah, seriously. I man, that's that I think recently I've been able to watch videos of myself and be like pretty like, "Oh, okay, cool. I did a good job." Like like that that was a very recent thing. That's like we were talking about someone recently who just like so started just started It took started you 12 years up. to or what you've been doing? It took me 11 I started last Mar- like about last February, last January was when I started to feel confident enough to post my videos wow. on Instagram. Because I told him, I told like Matt about this. I was like, I was like, I took, I was so nervous about people responding negatively. Like just like the thought of one person commenting with something negative just killed me. And now I literally think it's like no comments can hurt me. Like that's really? what I realized. Yeah. Cause I've gotten a lot. I get like nine, let's say 95% of the comments are really positive. This is hilarious. Oh my God, this is great. And then 5% are just like not funny or sure. eh. Or something like that, and I'm just and I write back to all of them. Every single comment I write back to, and I'm just like, and a lot of time I insult them back because who the fuck, who, who wants to be negative? Like I hate these people. Like if you don't like something, just move the fuck on, dude. Yeah. Like like why do you have to actually take effort to try to put somebody down? Like just it's not for you. It's not your cup of tea. I'm not for you. That's fine. My LeBron video, my LeBron joke. You know that joke I have about LeBron? Have you ever seen this, Matt? I think so, but I can't remember right now. Like the one about just like how LeBron's wife in high school, you know, like I'm, my friend basically told me that like, he's like, meet a girl before you become rich because then you'll know she really loves you. Like look at LeBron right, right, James. Right, right. Yeah. Like that was the example. And I do this whole thing about like, you mean the guy who was six foot nine, you know. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, he might not be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was this like, guy's going to ignore to nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I do this bit about him and it went, so it went viral on TikTok and like people were, is a million views or something. And people, people were like, like, like every comment was like, this is hilarious, this is amazing. And then you have like some people who are just like, yeah, but he was already a star in high school. And I was like, you don't get sarcasm. And, yeah. then, uh, and then a couple other people were like, not funny. And I'm like, so no matter how many people you please, there's always going to be people. There's other- just a lot of people in the world. And like, I mean, literally the goal is to, there's no one person who's going to get 100% positive feedback. And if you are getting 100% positive feedback, it means your sample size is small. small. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You happen to samples of like, once you get, the, it's good, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm still going to, if I ever get to the sample size of that ratio, cry when I get uh, negative feedback. But and and you'll like cry until you process. not cry. You'll cry until you don't cry. Yeah, exactly. You know? I make her read Twitter comments for me to see if there's anything mean before I check them out myself. I love being like, oh shit, <laughs> this guy fucking hate, and then it's yeah, fine. He's like, oh, uh-huh. me. It's like, it's just a bunch of people <laughs> sucking your dick. You always say that. It's just like it's just a bunch of people just being complete sycophants, and the joke's no, only that's okay, not which is true. <laughs> which is another thing to be mindful of of people being too too encouraging. Too, too encouraging. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other. Thing. But but I think I think you gotta like I personally like my whole mentality is 
if somebody says this is great, this is funny, I just did what I was supposed to do. I shouldn't be praised. I just did my job. Yeah. And if somebody goes, this sucks, I I get fueled by it. Like that's what really makes me feel because sure. I go like, let me try to get to a point, and this is an unachievable place to be, but this is still my goal. I know it's unachievable. Let me get to a point where nobody on earth could say you're not funny. It's never gonna happen. But the fact that I have that as a goal. I'm glad you said goal, that because that was gonna be my next question. What is I your don't goal? Know, Mr. Bean? Hilarious. He, Mr. All right, Bean's one great. exception. <laughs> Le, uh, or or what's his name? Um, uh, Leslie, uh, Leslie, the one from Airplane. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, yeah. Can't say he's not funny. You can't say he's not funny. Yeah. So so your goal is what is what do you want? What do you want to out of life? Eric? I just want to become a better, deeper, more personal. Uh, unapologetic artist, I guess. Okay. Whoa. So stand up or artist are like in, in all terms. Uh, I, I'm obsessed with stand up. Um, I want to tour and headline for the rest of my life. Um, I would love to write a show about my life. I have a lot of, um, pain and trauma growing up and I would love mm-hmm. to address that on screen. Um, but I just, you know, there's therapists too. I, so when I no, but Laura, like when I so I just started a new th- I have a new therapy therapist. It's the first one I've ever been honest with, like a hundred percent honest with, because I went through this breakup and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna hide any hide anything. I was I was hiding a lot of shit in my relationship, like feelings I had because right. I felt guilty about being in a relationship. I felt guilty about disappointing somebody I loved and you know okay. all the shit. And when when her and I broke up, um, uh, because of a um, sexting incident. Um, uh, that I did. Um, oh my God, is this I, the beginning of a bit? Yeah, I'm actually writing about that. it. Good. I'm actually writing about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't physically do anything, but it was like pretty inappropriate um, yeah, phrases. Yeah, yeah. And uh, be cool with that. <laughs> I'd murder him. <laughs> um, <laughs> He'd be dead. <laughs> on the and you'd ruin the couch too. I know. It's, it's a very light colored couch. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I I just um I made a mistake and I um I got you know whatever. And I had all these feelings and I have serious commitment issues, like serious, serious commitment issues. And I didn't think my parents' divorce ever affected me. I, I sort of, you know, I deflected everything with humor. And I truly believed, like, it didn't, people were, you see these things on TV, like a parents get divorced on every show, like parents get divorced, the kid's like ruined, his life's ruined, you know, whatever. Right. And I truly didn't believe I had any negative impact from it. I thought it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Did Blink-182 teach you nothing? Come on. I love Blink so much. That's um, together for the kids. I love stay together for the kids, and uh, and when I got in my own serious relationship, the first one of my life, which was this relationship, um, we were together for six years, and she was, still is, I and mean, we were still talk, amazing, amazing woman, um, supportive, positive, fun. Every one of my friends liked her. My family loved her. Everything. When we get got to the place where it was like, hey, all my friends are doing this. What's going on with us? Um, I couldn't come up with an answer. I could have been like, I don't know. There's something inside of me that's preventing me from getting married, from com- being committed. And then I was like, parents divorce, something. And and not to blame. I don't want to like be that do that trite yeah, no, cliche it's good, thing. Though. I'm but, glad that men and you know humans as a whole, but are like getting more in touch with like the shit behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Because I feel like our parents' generation was just like, what are you talking about? Right. Ignore it. <laughs> right. Yeah. A hundred percent. They just did like it because that's what dealing with your shit. That's so. what you had to do. You had to do. You were like the weird old guy at like 30. If you didn't, 
Yeah. If you weren't married. Do you find you try to make your therapist laugh? Uh, I don't really try to be funny with her. Like I, um, I just like want to be honest and like really raw and, you know, I quit porn. I haven't watched porn in three months, um, which is like, I really got challenged uh, when I was in quarantine, like with COVID. I was like, really bored. Like literally in a room for two weeks and I didn't watch porn one time. Um, still masturbated a great deal, but, but to my thoughts. Congratulations. You're a real artist. That's your I use my mind. To... Um, Make your own porn. <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, now I'm dealing with it and um, I'm trying to be better. I don't want to be, I want to be a good person. I, I don't ever, I would never cheat again. I, I would like to hope I would never in any way. Right. You know, go go be go behind. You know, so it sounds like you're doing a lot back. of personal growth right now in this uh, maybe plat not plateau that in the sense that just the world is plateaued right now. Yeah, the, world, oh, the whole world we're all just taking a break. We're just <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what was it like getting past to the cellar? It's the biggest thing of your career, so, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, that's if I had to pick one accomplishment, I would take the cellar ten times over. Um, I think it's because. I think you spend so much time, like, so I so I did Greenwich for about five years, six years. I passed at the cellar, and then, and I was, I remember I ran out, and I didn't even think my set was great. I thought it was like, and that's what I liked about the pass, that like, I had a pretty good set. I didn't kill the way I was like, okay, this has to be the best set of your life. Sure, sure, sure. Look back to all the best sets you've had in the last 10 years of comedy and make sure this one is up there and or the best ever. And I fumbled the line. I was I nervous. I wish it was like that. I wish you could just be like, and then every time you go up, you're like, this is the best set of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. It's impossible. <laughs> no, you have limited it, control. It was just very limited. And it's just, and SD watched me and I went upstairs. And when I tell you, like, I was sitting at one of the tables, like one of the booths, with my brother and a buddy of mine, Jason, who's a comic, who came to support me. I was not, they were talking, having a conversation, and I was thinking in my head, like, if I don't pass here, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive this. Like, like it was like, I was like, how am I gonna go home, put my head on the pillow, and get a wink of sleep? Like, wink of sleep, is that the way you say it? Get a wink of sleep, like, knowing that I just failed the thing that meant the most to me. Like the seller isn't even like, you know, as a, as somebody who started in New York, the seller feels like a vault. It is closed. You can't even like, I had never walked into Olive Tree Cafe. I walked in one time when Modi, yeah. I went to go visit Modi. I never gotten near the table. I was like intimidated to even walk by. Like I would it's... cross the street. I would leave Greenwich and then, cause I, would, I know a lot of the comics. I know Sam Morell and Joe Mackey for years and years. And I wouldn't even want to see them because I felt so like embarrassed. I was like, I don't belong. Like I don't even belong on the sidewalk. Like Aww. until I'm in here, I don't. I don't want to get near this place. And and St. So I, so I'm sitting at the booth, just thinking, like, just preparing. Like who knows? Like I might. I could have failed. I fumbled the line. You know, maybe that cost me. I don't know. And I'm sitting there just waiting for St. And I'm like. I'm like, how am I gonna get through this? She's gonna say no, and how the fuck am I gonna get through this? And she came up and like, she's like, thank you so much for, I'm not gonna do her voice, because <laughs> she hates that, I think. Like, thank you so much for coming in, and I was like, thank you so much for having me. She's like, very nice, very nice. Uh, do you MC? No, she goes, very nice, very nice. The crowd wasn't good. 
Oh. Wow. That and means would, a lot from her. I, and I just said, like, I was like, I'm, and she goes, do you MC? And I was like, Esty, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And she's like, okay, we'll try you out. I was like, okay. And I fucking turned around and went across the street and fucking cried. And it was the first time I ever, I ever cried for a good reason in stand-up. It was the first time I ever cried for a good reason. And it just Isn't made... I've had that a couple times. Like, when you get, like, a real big success or, like, like a goal and... Those are the best moments, and it's private, Jenner, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> On the yeah. street, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you get to just be like, I did it. I did a thing that I've worked really fucking hard for. And, yeah. like, you made, it was a goal. And it, it just, it's the best feeling It was in the, the world. best, like, like it's I said, I said to myself, world. like, I said to myself, and I wrote, I wrote SD a card for the, because I passed in, in May 2019. And so I guess it's going to be, in May, it's going to be two years. But I wrote SD a card for the holidays and just basically, like, the two biggest moments of comedy for me was when in two thousand was in two thousand eight when I was like, I think I'm funny. Let me try this. And then when when you passed me, because then I knew I was. Like wow. it was like it was like cause I trusted Esty more than I trusted myself. Like I was like, if Esty says I'm good, I'm good. You know? So so it was like cause I cause she's Esty. Right. So, you know, and it was just like I, it just tears came out and I was like and I've been rejected I've done 18 Montreal JFL I've I I was like a regular 18 at JFL showcases, showcases. For JFL. I've done eight years of showcases well, well, like, do you want to host 16 I think was the number I, I think it was like 15 or 14 yeah. I'm trying to think because it was eight years first call and callbacks included yeah, yeah 15 showcases that's incredible and I've had some where I'm like there is no way I can't go to Montreal from like come on I had the best set of the night yeah like I remember me Josh Gondelman went back to back one time. On a, it was at the stand. It was 2015, I think, and we had by far the best sets. I mean, the crowd was dead. I came up killed. Josh Gondelman rode that wave killed, and everybody else did okay. And they picked two other comics to go, and not me and Josh. And I was like, dude, like, come on. Has Gondelman done it? Gondelman. No, he never went. What? Great comic, never went. That's crazy. And one time, Hannah, who used to book J, co-book JFL, it was Jeff Singer, and then Hannah. You did JFL, right, Matt? Hannah Crichton, right? Yes. Hannah, yeah, yeah. So Hannah became like kind of a friend of mine. So like we, so I went to LA about two years ago, and we had like brunch or something, and I was like talking to her about it. I was like, it was like really frustrating because I would, I would, they would put me every year. I would get a call back, and some of them I not, and some I didn't do that well. I did. I had a couple bombs at the creek, not bombs, but not great ones at the creek, which are tough, but um. But some of them at the stand and shit, like I sl- it was a slam, slam. It was a it was a nine point five. Sure. Like it was like yeah. you killed. And I was like, it was frustrating because I was like, what else am I gonna have to do? And she was just like, look, I'll be honest, like, you know, you were one of those like couple guys, you and like she named like two other comics. She was like, every year we were like, how could we not send them? How could we not send them? And we're just like because we just have two straight white guy spots and. These other two straight white guys have more heat than you. And I was like, okay. Hmm. Being honest, I was like, okay, it's a business. Is what yeah. it is. But then I got, but when I passed at the cellar, I was like, it made all that anguish sort of like worth it. Like just, cause you just. It almost sweetens it sometimes. Like having had those disappointments and stuff like that. It also makes you a lot better. You, right? you, you, yeah. whatever. When you get that rejection, you hit the mics so much harder. I know. I didn't even thank, you know, like at the end of my life, I just want to like thank all the people who didn't believe in me. <laughs> like, like I think that's more important because the people who believe in you are just like, I mean, it's obviously great to have people who believe in you, but everybody who's 
who said like, I don't know about this guy. I'm just All like, you'll see. All the people who commented see. eh on TikTok. Yeah, you'll see. You'll so see. you want this this podcast to sponsored by the <laughs> eh people, the people on TikTok. Yeah. So something you and Laura have in common, I want to come back to that before before we close here because I think the battery's going to die. Um, you got in at the cellar in part due to being willing to host. I, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure yeah. that was a big part oh, yeah. of it. And she is she what is able to do. Yeah, she offered Great. to be a host at Stand Up New York. She hosts. She produces a show that she hosts. I'd host all the park shows. It's why she's Great. which is been, the worst thing you can do. I'm sure it is, yeah. but, the good, but which but means it's the best thing you could do. Totally. She's in her second year of yeah. comedy books. She's doing open mics, but she's getting plenty of book spots. Well, Amazing. I mean, it's a combination of factors. Obviously, skill. Obviously, it's but. and this is the strangest year in the world. So, but, but point being, I, I think it was like, I was like, there's a hole here. There's not a ton of women that host. And Jeez, also no one wants to host these park shows. So like, of I don't give a shit. I will. What are we, what are we doing? I don't care. I'm happy to be here. Like and you will get people's respect so much quicker and you, and people will be likely to book you and you have a good attitude and, and it's, and it's, and that's such a. You know, precious thing. And like at the cellar, nobody wanted to go up first. And I go, Liz, anytime you want. I was like, you know, the great comics there. I mean, amazing comics. And like, I was like, I'll fucking do it. I'll yeah. eat it. If I have to eat it, I'll eat it. I'll just take the challenge. And I think like, and they, she depended on me for really that. I was attitude. like, that's a compliment. I was like, I was like, good. And also, especially being now on the production side, I'm just like the person who's willing to go up there can do the job and get the crowd going. Like that's super valuable. That first I spot. So. I think it's great that you're doing that. I would have never had the balls to do that. I still, it probably took me five years before I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can open. Like, like first spot, not even, yeah. not even host. Like, like yeah. you, you want all the bet. You're like, put me in the middle. Don't put me after him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah don't yeah, yeah. put me before her. No, no, no. I can't go with that spot. That's when they're looking. And then eventually you just go like, put me whenever you want to put me. I will get the job yeah. done. If I That's don't right. do well, it's on me. The I more spots I do, like, uh, when I was getting to the point where I was getting booked a lot around New York City, I was very likely to either go first on a show or last on a show because I would have to be running to another spot. Yeah. And I remember in LA, I would get, I would get maybe if I got one spot, or if I got a spot, it was only one in a night. I'm like, I hope I don't have to go up first. And now it's like, I don't give a fuck what, oh, where I am on the show. Like I, just, I just want to be able to do the spot and get out of here so I can get to the next one. And uh, yeah, I, I had this one thing. I know, I know we're running out, but I had this, I had this like. Like about a year ago, I started saying to myself, like, I hope I go after the hardest kill. Like, because I want to be able to like, like a Greer Barnes or like a Chuck Nice or, um, or, you know, um, a, oh, Mo like, a Modi. Like someone who has like buried you. Just murders. Just Dude, just like, I had Ian Godfrey. Finance did that to me. Oof. Remember that night? Yeah. Oh my God. A tiny cupboard. He went up. Had a fucking meltdown, just fucking a controlled meltdown on stage. Destroyed the yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd was done, it and was I went up thunder. and I was just like, <laughs> "You tried to match his energy." I tried. I didn't yeah. know what to do. I didn't know what to do at all. And like, that was it. Was the first time learning. She was like trying to act more like he did actually hurt my set. And yeah, it like, does. You learned that the fast way. It's also tough. You, Christ, you know, I used good to job in finance yeah. once again. I used to follow like Shira, at the strip that when I started working weekends, they would always put me on like after Sherrod small because I was still like kind of, Fuck, yeah, it's was a lot of energy, but it's a lot of energy. And I used to try to be like, all right, he wants to bring the energy. I'll fuck him as no, 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 no. You got to control it in your way. Whatever your way is, you control totally. it. I, or push it the other way. I'll be if, really if I have to low. follow like I don't know, like Nathan McIntosh, yeah, who's just so energetic, so energetic on stage. I'll like go, okay. I'll come down this and I want to be like we're adjusting to a new. You're gonna adjust your ears now to a lower, yeah. lower sound. And they're, they're right with you. Ted Alexandro does that better than 
anyone. Like he'll get up there. Like it could be after like a high energy act. He's oh. fucking murdering. Ted Alexander gets up there, does not say a single word for 45 seconds. He just looks around the crowd and then they just start laughing. Like he's like, because they're just like, what is going on right now? And then he'll be like, so, and they're just in before he even starts speaking. <laughs> but yeah, there. he just zaps the energy into him. It's very interesting. It's, it's, it's also, uh, I think by his own account, uh, an expression of dominance. Yeah. yeah, he goes. You know, I control you. I control you, and you know what he also does? Because I think you're just trying to control them so badly for so long, and then you realize, like, I don't really care what they think. I know who I am. Right. But Ted Alexander used to always say that if he said the crowd was really, really rowdy, and everybody's got different ways to handle this situation, but he said if it's a really rowdy crowd, they're yelling, they're fucking disruptive, whatever. He said that he actually will not say a word for longer, and then like sometimes even turn around, like just to be like. I'll wait. I'll Which is wait. the way to do it. Which is like, remember all your it's words? Like boxing, a, it's you like a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Remember like, all the substitute teachers that used to be like, what? Guys, sit down. And you'd be like, it would be funny. You'd be like, I'm not even, I'm not going to listen to this guy who's fucking yeah. yelling on the top of his lungs. But then when somebody comes in and they just, they're like, all right, I know that you're going to wait for me. I know that you're going to wait for me. That type of confidence is just like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah. and it takes a long time. Eric, we are down to the wire okay. on the battery life. <laughs> okay, well, what should we? How should we end? I want. You, I want to. Yeah, where, where can we find you? And you just had your special your albums, come out. Yeah, yeah your special. I, I have a new special album called Just a Phase. Where can I, we leave negative comments on your? Uh, yeah. Just leave a bunch of as and not funnies. <laughs> uh, at uh, just follow me at uh, I'm Eric Newman. So I am. E-R-I-C. I, semicolon, M. <laughs> yeah. I, semicolon. I-M-E-R-I-C-N-E-U-M-A-N-N. I'm Eric Newman on Instagram and I'm on TikTok now too, which is obviously my TikTok following is what got me booked on this, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, okay. From TikTok. From We're TikTok. at the TikTok consumers, <laughs> you know, just classic people in their almost 30s. But um, but yeah, I think just the last thing I want to say is just like, yeah, whatever level you're at I th- or how no matter how long you've been doing it, the only thing you can control is how hard you work, how hard you get up and how hard you write and like everything else sort of just will like...